we had seen and heard rumors. It was Wall Street Journal. It was a Tuesday and they said, hey, layoffs are happening tomorrow. And this was not internal news. So then the rumor mill spinning and everyone's getting nervous internally, of course. I got the official email where it was like, hey, we had a mass layoff and you're impacted. At that point, I think it was like eight in the morning or something. I closed my laptop <laughs> and I'm done and uh, started working on my resume right then and there. Right? It wasn't. It didn't take a moment to really reflect. It's one foot forward. We don't need to noodle on it for all of eternity. Let's own the reality and let's try to move forward. And that's how I approached it. And then I went to my wife's Pilates class. Cause like, oh, I don't have anything to do. Let's go. <laughs> When I got laid off last year, it is fair to say my approach could not have been more different than Craig's. I noodled on it. And sometimes, and I wish I didn't have to admit this, but sometimes I still noodle on it nearly one year later. For a lot of people I talk to, it is really, really hard to leave it in the past and move on, to separate yourself from that experience. So when I met Craig, his approach sounded like science fiction to me. I had to know more about how this works. How did he manage to put his layoff in the past and leave it there? It's not about the past anymore. That's done. I can't change that. It's beyond my control. What can I control? Right now, I can retool my resume. I can do that. That's something that's in my locus of control. So that's what I'll focus on. Tune out everything else. Okay, I want to hone in on that for a second, though, because that is so hard for people to do, to say, it's in the past, I'm moving forward. Um, the number of conversations I've had with folks who even months, many, many months after the layoffs, and I'm certainly not immune to this, still feel that uh, just like tinge of of anger or, I mean, any level of justifiable feelings. So how do you put that into practice? Like for a layman who's not uh, steeped in the philosophy that you are, like, how do you do that? Yeah. I think the first thing you do is you have to know who you are independent of where you work. So that work starts before you're laid off. And what happens is I feel like people inextricably link their own identity to who or what they do. So the first thing you have to do is actually detach yourself. I'm sorry, I'm getting philosophical, but you almost have to go inside and say, who am I? And strip that from the company and the work you do. Because what's happening is when your identity and your, a piece of you is so attached to that company or that role or that next promotion, inevitably, you're going to feel this, this heavy remorse when that's removed. So it's almost like you have to do the pre-work before it happens. And you need to think about who am I? What resonates with me? And how does that differ from the company I'm attached to today? Because that's temporary. I feel seen. <laughs> I learned the hard way that I had attached my identity to a specific job at a specific company. And that company had the power to take that away. And when they did, it left me feeling honestly, like I didn't have control over who I was, or I don't know, like I just didn't know who I was anymore. I think it's really important to have things like hobbies, to really invest in other things that you're deeply passionate about. And it almost is irrelevant what they are. But I think you need an outlet, right? Like I have my guitars right next to me. 
you have to think about yourself ahead of when some of these things happen. And I think what happens is you're just going, 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 going. You don't stop. You get into the routine of your day-to-day work. And then all of a sudden something like this happens. It's unpredictable. And the work was never done inside. And that's going to look different for everyone, right? For me, it's a study of philosophy. It's physical exercise. It's pushing myself in some ways for growth. Other people, it might be, I don't know, travel, going for walks, reading fiction. These things can help you get these guideposts on who you are and what resonates with you. And then when something rough happens, I think you can apply to who I am, right? And it's not, it's not the company. It's not even the role. There has to be something more grounding than that. So Craig is talking about the importance of doing that work before you get laid off so that you're not so unbalanced if and when that happens. I mean, too little too late for me, unfortunately, although I'll certainly correct that for the future. In the last handful of years, I let my work become my creative outlet. So when I lost my job, I lost that too. Now I know the importance of getting that back in my life and in my control, but my creative muscle had atrophied. (laughs) Like at first I didn't feel like doing anything and that sucks because of course I was laid off. So I actually had a lot of time. I just didn't have the motivation. (laughs) So it definitely took some time, but ultimately I got back to my own creative pursuits and I'm grateful for the refreshed perspective about how important it is to me to have that outlet outside of work. And once I found my footing in a life outside of work, It let me think more openly and objectively about the role that I want work to play in that life. When I first started my job search, I didn't have this perspective. My search was essentially driven by my ego. And that is such a barrier to getting to where you actually need to be. I think where people struggle is is when they think, next year I'm going to, and this happens in tech companies, I have to be level six, level five. Guess what happens the second you leave that company? Nobody cares what level you are. It means hill of beans. So if your grounding is an internal hierarchy, I think you're in trouble. Now, it may work out for you if you can ride that path and manage the external conditions. But what happens the second that goes away? There goes your identity and you're in trouble. You're going to be doing some soul searching, I can assure you. And I've seen that happen to people because their identity gets so caught up, not in growth, not in personal development, but in I'm chasing this promo, this dollar. And as a result, I think that your identity is at risk because those external things, at the end of the day, they can vanish, as we're seeing in the market today. I came from a high-growth startup that attracted talent focused on the rapid acceleration of their careers, chasing that promotion or that dollar, as Craig puts it. And I'll be honest, I got swept up in that culture. I worked hard to get promoted, and when I earned it, it stuck with me as a part of that identity, that false identity, the one that didn't actually exist or mean shit outside of work. When I talk to Craig, he makes it sound so easy. Get some hobbies. Don't define yourself through work. Your layoff will feel fine. No big deal, right? Well, of course not. Not exactly. Not even for Craig. Because even when you have a solid grounding of who you are, maintaining that when you're job hunting, well, there's still rejection and self-doubt. It's a mindset. And so it's not easy, though. And I'm not going to say I'm immune to it. And like I said, I'm stuck in bed a few mornings like, oh, God, I don't want to get out of bed. And I've never had that feeling before. So I just wanted to make sure I shared that because, look, I talk about these things, but I'm not a robot. And I do have emotions. and 
while you have these anchor points, you're still going to have your peaks and valleys of emotions. And that's okay. I think, I think it's also accepting that too and saying today may not be perfect and neither will tomorrow, but I'm still going to show up. And this is so important to hear because the truth is there is no magic bullet for surviving your layoff and job search. Now, if you haven't picked up on it already, Craig's study is a lot of philosophy, and it's this study that really helps provide perspective and keep him grounded. But I so appreciate his admission that even for someone like him, it's just never going to be easy. In his previous roles, he worked in recruiting, so he has valuable insight on how to optimize your effort when applying for jobs. And that, combined with the study of philosophy, creates a unique perspective on job hunting. So the last month has been about connecting, really, to put it just simple terms. The only way that I've been able to find strong roles has been through people. And I always believe that I firmly still stand on that, that hill, which is, You have to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. So you have to keep, I've been keeping this extreme open-mindedness or at least try to, and not saying, well, they work in a different industry. I'm not talking to them or this role is too junior. I'm not going to pursue that. It's the, I don't know where roads are going to lead. So I'm going to pursue every single one because right now I, I need to, I have to keep that extreme mental agility. Tip number one, connect, connect, connect. It does happen that people get jobs with cold applications. I've gotten jobs like that before, but I've landed far more interviews from reaching out to connections for a little assist. And it doesn't have to come from someone you know well. In fact, a LinkedIn study showed it's actually your second or third connections that can be critical in helping you land your next job. So take a look at the roles you want, the companies you want to work at, and don't be shy about asking for intros or referrals from people who have connections there. They might be more powerful than you think. Find a way to connect with another human being so that they care enough to help you. That's the thesis. So just strategic, organized, really trying to find creative ways in the door and places. And I do that. I have a massive spreadsheet of kind of every role I'm being considered for. Who are the people there? Who are the people I might try to connect with that could get me in the door? So you need to apply a lens of strategy to your search because Too often what I find, and I've had some people reach out and they say, I'm applying, I applied for 500 jobs and I haven't gotten a single response. And I said, of those 500, who have you reached out to? Oh, no one. I'm just applying to the jobs online. Apply for the jobs that you really want and then figure out who are the people I need to network with to get in the door. And I recognize that that's not always easy and it's not always comfortable. But I think that is where I find the most throughput or the most magic. Because again, When people care, magic happens. It's that simple. So you need to make people care. And why do they care? Why should they care? Make it easy for them to care. So get organized. Get strategic. Use LinkedIn to figure out who you know that knows someone at companies that might have opportunities for you. Sounds easy enough. But for me, doing all this, it's very taxing. It takes a lot of energy. And if we circle back to earlier in this conversation, sometimes in a layoff, energy and motivation are in short supply. So Craig has a hack for that too. The other thing to keep myself motivated is I did assign kind of a point system to this. It's like if I could get a recruiter to contact me, five points. If I get an on-site interview after the recruiter screen, that's 10. So it's like these little micro challenges, right? And you could do it any way you want. Hey, I'm going to treat myself to Starbucks today, right? Even though I'm laid off. So 
trying to cut back on my external coffee expenditures, right? Give yourself little carrots or incentives to pursue some of these things that may not be comfortable, right? They're called comfort challenges where you're pushing yourself a little bit. It's not your default, but you you create kind of this artificial incentive or reward as a, as a direct consequence of the action you take. So it's, for me, it was actually, Hey, I'm going to treat myself to a fancy cappuccino at one of these, you know, you know, all the nice coffee shops we have here in Denver. If I can get three on-site interviews and I did, and then it was like, okay, I'll spend the 450 on the cappuccino when I ordinarily shouldn't right now. And you are probably going to need that cappuccino as well as that motivation hack because the average job hunt takes five or six months. So settle in for a long haul and get ready for a little bit of rejection. I think the other thing is, and this is hard, but when you get the rejections and they come in, just archive them, you know, and move on. (laughs) Try not to dwell too much. No one's out to get you. And again, that anchors back to even what happened when I was laid off, but it's the same idea. It's, it didn't work out in this role. That's okay. It wasn't meant to be. Try to just move forward and don't dwell too much on whatever's happened, whether they reject you or you didn't nail the interview. Think about how can I learn from that and then apply it to the next round. And, and again, anything I'm saying doesn't mean that I'm immune to it. And it doesn't mean that I don't struggle. And I just want to be very clear that I do and I can take it personally. But then I also try to take a step back. And, and I really try to remove that anger because the anger just doesn't create any degree of productiveness. It just doesn't. It's just, it's a release. And sometimes you need that. But beyond that, to me, it doesn't translate to production and output in a, in a super positive way. So it's like knowing that it's like you don't want to stay in that state for too long at least in my view, because it's not going to help me get where I want to go. But again, it takes that bit of the rational mind to put the emotions, repress. I don't know if it's repressed, but accept the emotions. And say, okay, I'm angry, but here's how I'm going to apply that anger. Here's how it's going to turn into action. And I think the more you can do that, just in general as a human being, the better, because then you're focused on creation again. We're focused on making impact, not just these emotions I'm feeling that can make you feel so stuck. Internalizing that, saying, okay, I feel this. And here's how I'm applying it. Here's how I'm, here's how I'm growing. Here's how I'm evolving as a result of these emotions. Craig's advice on weathering a layoff and job hunting, it all really resonated with me. But of course, if you are out of work, then you've probably discovered one thing you find plenty of when you're in that position is unsolicited advice, which is why I think the next thing he told me may have resonated with me the most. I don't want to come across as being immune to stress, to the bad times. And uh, what I'm saying is that the philosophy can help anchor you and bring you back and keep you motivated and help you realize that you're not alone. You know, throughout history, humanity has gone through bad stuff (laughs) and they will again. So you have to keep, keep going and have the framework that allows you to get through it day to day. If nothing I'm saying should be fact, you should investigate it yourself and make sure it resonates with you. And if it doesn't, like I said, cast it aside. I'm not an expert. I'm just sharing my own philosophy on this. If this works for you, great. 
If not, also fine. What you realize is a lot of life is a mindset. It is how you frame it. It's all subject to our own interpretation of that reality. And so I think what philosophy does is it's a guidebook for life. It's an operating system. It allows you to have a framework for evaluating any moment of time in your existence. And so to me, that's very grounding. It's very almost liberating in a way because it it frees you up from kind of the thinking around everything being so tangible and career oriented. Take a step back and try to see the bigger picture of you know the universe, right? Because there's so much that can go into that. So you have to get out of your own ego-driven thinking. And I believe that the best thing I found to do that is philosophy. So that's what's helped me. And what's helped me? Conversations like this. Thank you so much to Craig for doing all the heavy lifting and so thoughtfully breaking down how a study of philosophy can help carry you through a crap situation like a layoff. And unfortunately, our little layoff club continues to grow, with 28 tech companies laying off almost 20,000 people already in 2023. So if you have a layoff story you want to share, you can find me at layoffmepod.com.